Welcome back to the Church Girl Podcast, episode number two. Um, today, I want to kind of dive into something that is kind of why I'm doing all this. Um, on the last episode, I kind of went into a little bit of detail about um, just some of my views on the way the youth views the ministry or, or views God and embracing God in the church, but. In this, in this episode, I kind of want to dig into my own story a little bit because it's because of my own story that I I believe what I believe and I know what I know. And it's why I want to do this because I want to illustrate the point that this journey is, is, is full of twists and turns. But within the twists and turns, you do find clarity. If you if you look and you search hard enough and you, you obey God and you you are open to listening to him when he speaks to you, things become clear, especially in hindsight, especially when I look back and I realize, or, or, or when I look back and I compare certain parts of my life to where I am now in life and the things that, I'm, that come naturally to me now that before just didn't ever seem to be in my purview. I say all the time, and I've made, I know I've made at least a couple of Facebook statuses to the sentiment that who I am now and the way I operate in my mentality and the way I think, um, who I am as a person now is a lot different than who I used to be, than who I was before I started my, my true walk and journey with God. And before I began to love myself, before I made the choice to begin loving myself. Because whether you believe it or not, it is a choice that you make. It is something that, it's, it's another one of those things like commitment. It's a commitment that you make to yourself. Um, and I think a, a, a reoccurring thing with um, this podcast is that commitment is everything. Discipline is everything. Um, self-motivation, um, holding yourself accountable. It is everything when it comes to embracing God. It is everything when it comes to going after the things you want in life. You have to decide for yourself, okay, this is my moment. This is this is the time where I stop making excuses for myself. I start being very, very honest with myself. And I really dedicate myself to being disciplined with this and to obeying, just in general, like obeying God. That's really what it comes down to. And that's what it came down to for me. Um, uh, just to go over sort of a, I'll try to keep it brief, but I'm long winded. So we'll see how that goes. But, um, to start off, I'll just say that I, I, I spoke about this on the last episode, but I, I grew up in the church. So I had that base foundation of, of, you know, reading the scriptures and going to Bible study, going to church sometimes twice on Sundays, because we, a lot of times. First Baptist was a, and that's the church that I grew up in, First Baptist Church in Mount Auburn. We had a lot going on some, a lot of times. Like on the week, our weekends were, were packed a lot of times. At least growing up it was. Um, we always had something going on, um, especially in the summertime when it got kind of hot outside. We had vacation Bible school, which was like a week-long thing where all the neighborhood kids and families and stuff and just extended church family and stuff, you would usually see them during vacation Bible school week. Like a lot of people who would come to vacation Bible school during that week, you might not see them on, at church on Sunday morning, but a lot of them were extended family of the faces you see on um, like a typical Sunday morning. 
We also did a lot of fellowshipping with other churches um, almost every other Sunday. I think one year it was like every single Sunday to the point where it just got exhausting. But um, we, we fellowshipped uh, with afternoon service with a lot of different churches in the city. And that was like, it, it was just a normal thing for me to be at church pretty much majority of my week. Twice on Sundays, a lot of times on Thursdays for Bible study and on Tuesdays because I was in choir. And so we would have choir um, choir practice on Tuesdays or choir rehearsal. And I, used, I, I started in kids choir and then I graduated from kids choir to our, our adult choir. And that took up just about every single one of my Tuesday evenings, unless of course, for some odd reason it got canceled or something like that. But what came with our uh, choir practice was usually we were also ministered to because we were, per, uh, and see, I always, I always forget what it is. I know, uh, I, I think the, the, the kids were, um, I think we were perfected. We were called perfected praise and worship, I think, but I could be wrong. And the kids were called something else, but to get to the, the gist of it, we were considered, you know, ministers. We, we, when we sung, we ministered to, each other and to the church and so we would go into these these moments within choir practice where it would become like a second bible study during the week where we would go over scripture and we would talk and we would in the midst of learning a song or understanding the lyrics of a song we would get caught up in these moments where we would just just have these kind of like moments of 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 you know ministering to ourselves through the music and and understanding the lyrics on a deeper level and and, and, and how they connected to us. And it was a lot of times it was how, cause I, I'll say our choir was kind of known for, you know, having a very nice sound to it. Like, and, and just having a lot of feeling to it more than anything else. Um, whenever we went to other churches and sung, it was the, the feeling, the, the, the anointing that they felt when we sung. And so I attribute that a lot of, I attribute that a lot of times to the fact that we were super serious about ministering to people through song. And so a lot of our choir practices did end up being, like I said, um, a second Bible study because we spent time understanding the lyrics and and, and feeling them and, and ministering them and, and, and stuff like that. So I was I, I grew up pretty well versed in, you know, just how the, the, the typical Christian churchgoer lifestyle. I grew up in that. I knew that back backwards and forwards. And. Uh, when I once I began kind of stepping away from the church, it was when I got a little bit older, struggling a lot more with my anxiety and my depression. I was in in a mode of looking for answers where there didn't seem to be any, because the answers that I was getting to a lot of the problems that I was having at the time was, "Oh, baby, pray about it." You know, um, that that, that typical um, answer that you get most of the times when you ask Christians ab about how to handle things such as mental health. A lot of times they'll they'll simply hit you with pray about it, you know, um, or, or they'll hit you with one of those Christian like sayings like um, God would never was it uh, God would never put you through anything that he didn't think you could handle or something like that. Some something along those lines. They would hit you with that kind of stuff. And it's like, OK, that's cool. That's nice to hear. But how does that kind of fix the problem that I'm currently having, which was for me severely struggling with my mental health to the point where. I was not planning to live past my 18th birthday. And then when that rolled around, I kind of was just waiting it out and seeing what the next birthday was going to look like or or, or looking like what, what the rest of the year was going to look like until the next birthday to make my decision whether or not I wanted to even live to see it. Like it was really getting to that kind of deep for me with my mental health. 
And at the time, I wasn't really sharing a lot of these thoughts and feelings that I was having with my family. They knew that I was struggling with my mental health, but because they didn't understand it, they just kind of avoided it, I think, or just didn't know how to really approach it. Like they like, and that was kind of another thing that kind of was hard for me dealing with everything and coming to terms with with my faith and also just the the worth and the value that I felt in myself because a lot of times growing up I felt like the black sheep of the family because of my mental health issues I always felt like an outcast like it got to a point where I just I hate it and I love my family to death I, I really do but a lot of times during that stage in my life I hated to be around them because they just didn't understand me and they 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 it was, it was just hard to be around family and see them kind of like carrying on with what seemed like perfectly normal lives. Meanwhile, I'm kind of suffering in silence. I'm kind of lost in my own despair and nobody seems to wanna understand it or, or help me through it. Or if they're trying to give me advice, it's not the stuff that I'm trying to hear right now. It, 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 it's, it just, it, it's, to be someone and people, other people with mental health issues, or, or I don't, because I don't know if I want to call them mental health issues, but I, I, because I'm talking about myself, I'll call it that. But when you are um, someone who struggles with your mental health within a family who traditionally hasn't really dealt with somebody who has been officially diagnosed with mental health issues, like you might have been suspicious, not 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 in the case that oh, we might have been suspicious about it, but we ain't never been to a therapist or we ain't never, they ain't never been diagnosed. Like we all got that 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 cousin who kind of off they rocker or we all got that uncle or that auntie who kind of like, we, we wonder about them sometimes, but they ain't never really got diagnosed with nothing. Believe it or not, that is a, a, a I'm sure you would agree, that's a very common narrative when it comes to black family and mental health. Like we always kind of had those family members that we wondered about, but because nobody ever got officially diagnosed with anything, you just don't, you just never know. Or that, let's say in a specific case, somebody has been diagnosed with something. They are their diagnosis for the remainder of their life within that family unit. Like, oh, you know, cousin, you know, cousin, cousin, go, they, they, uh, cousin so-and-so, you know, they schizo, right? So you might want to hide your purse and, and da, da, da. Like, this, it's that kind of treatment that a lot of people who struggle with their mental health get in the black family. Um, but even more so in the black church, like it, it, I, I think it's even worse in the black church because when they when when church families start finding out that you having some some mental issues, then they they start wanting to intercede and they have you they force you at they force you up to altar call every Sunday and and all this very ceremonial laying of the hands type of stuff when really it's just like okay this is all cool and I appreciate it and I. I, I appreciate my church family for for trying to help me along in my healing, but at the end of the day, this isn't particularly helping me the way I needed to in this moment. Because at this time, I'm still very young, and so I'm still I'm like I said, I have that foundation of knowing God and knowing that He calls me friend, and 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 knowing that you know. I should be, because it says in the word, I should be able to pray to him and he hears my prayer and, and whatever I ask for, I shall receive and so so, uh, so forth or whatever. I, I, I know that and I'm, 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 I've been taught that that's the truth, but I'm struggling so much with my own mental health that I can't, I can't, I don't, I don't see a way to access that for myself. 
because I, I, I pray all the time. I, I, I beg God. I'm begging God at this point to heal me. I'm begging him to to take this life that he gave me that I just see no value in. Just take it from me because I don't I, I don't want it like this isn't if the God that I was taught exists and the way that he works that's been taught to me. If, if that is real, then how is it that every time I open my mouth to ask him to heal me of this sadness, to heal me of this 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 self-hatred for myself to heal me of of you know this existence that feels so meaningless and so so deep and dark and rock bottom like how how is it that he can hear me beg him to take this away from me and he does nothing well or, or it appears or it feels like he does nothing about it. it it makes it quite hard for someone to truly sink their teeth into faith because it's like okay you keep telling me this is what i'm supposed to do and I'm doing it, but I don't see any results. And nothing's happening. Nothing's changing. My life still sucks. My life still feels like a bottomless pit of despair. Now what? I've, I've prayed all I could pray. I've, 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 I've wished the self-hatred away. I've, I've wished the sadness and the up all night with racing thoughts and the, 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 the random thoughts of, as I'm riding in, in the passenger seat of my grandmother's car, what if I just open the door and tumble out into traffic? Then what? I've, I've asked God already, time and time again, night after night after night, to take these things away from me. Now what? Because it's not happening. So what do I do now? Well, at that point, because there are no answers to be given, that's the moment where I begin to lose grasp of what I've been taught. And, and they raise you in the church and they say to you, well, yeah, you know, he may not come when you want him, but he's right on time. But how long, how long do you wait for on time? Because it doesn't feel like on time. Because really, I could have ended, I could have ended everything last night. Would that have been on time? You, 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 I began to, to, to lose the belief in the things that I had been taught. I began to, to, to even resent the fact that I even believed in them in the first place. Because life has illustrated to me at this point that that's not even remotely how things work. Yeah, here and there, I, I've, I've, I've had small experiences where it felt like the presence of God was real. But when I compare those things to, to, to this constant feeling of worthlessness, this constant feeling of why, why do I even exist if this is what life is? Why do I even exist? If this is going to be how I feel for the rest of my life, what is it worth even believing in a God who can make it better if he's not going to do it? And so I did. I, I stepped out of my faith. And for a while, I made peace with the fact that there was no God. Because there were too many terrible things in the world for there to be a God, including my miserable life. And I was so exhausted after believing in something for so long that just felt pointless that I didn't even look for anything else to believe in. Because what was the point? I, 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 I believed in what I knew. And what I knew was that life was terrible, life sucked, and I was just getting by to get by. Because that's, that's all someone like me could look forward to, was just to, 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 to get a decent job and work till I die. Maybe somewhere in between there, I'll find some enjoyable experiences, but let's be honest, not likely. So, so you just, you, you settle into this life of disappointment. You settle into this, this, 
constant cycle of never really caring to want more for yourself or better for yourself or or wanting or or, or, or wanting to achieve something real you just kind of live each day not necessarily looking forward to anything and I had never lived that life before it was so strange and foreign foreign to me that it became uncomfortable it was it, I, and, and this is the thing too before I started radio I've always done like somewhere along the lines of customer service type of of positions like I started out in in uh, working as a cashier I did a couple of cashier jobs which is pretty much customer service because they call you on the application they call you a CSR which is a customer service rep but it's basically the same thing as customer service I did a little retail and then I did customer I did actual call center customer service for about a year and a half and I made a, I made decent little money there but through all of these different jobs where it was so strange because before this time I had completely plugged out of the world at all like I was I was after I had lost faith I had lost everything which is crazy because, as I was just saying, it felt like nothing was even happening because of faith. And that's why I lost faith in the first place. But as soon as I made the decision to just give up faith completely, I lost everything. I was in school, I was in school at the time. My grades were just absolute garbage. Like at this point, I was paying to fail. And so I dropped out of school because I didn't want a whole bunch of student debt. So I just dropped out of school. I wasn't working. I, I, I hated just, like I said, at that point, I hated life. I had, no, I had no more faith to hold on to, so I hated everything about life. I hated the way I looked. I hated the way I thought. I hated the way I sounded. I just truly, like, it, I, I didn't know what rock bottom was before I let go of my faith. Before I let go of just that that shimmer of a belief of God, before I let that go, I felt like that was rock bottom because God wasn't working fast enough for me. He wasn't doing what I needed him to do. And when I decided that he never could do that and that he 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 never had any intention of doing that and I let go, he showed me what life without him was really like. And a lot of people have heard me say this. Some others may not even know this. I'll say from the ages of maybe 19 to about 20, 21, I was agoraphobic. Meaning I barely ever left the house. Like it, it, got, to, it got so bad to the point where my grandmother began going grocery shopping by herself. Because before then I had, I had been, I, I would go grocery shopping because me and my grandmother, we eat so differently. Or at least at the time, we, we still do, honestly. But at the time, we were eating so differently that we would have to go grocery shopping together so that I can get the things that I needed and she can get the things that she needed. But by this time, I I, I, I didn't even want to face the, else, the outside world because I, I felt like I was nothing. I felt like I was nobody. I felt like I was nothing. I had nothing. And so I didn't deserve to be out there in the world. And I also just felt like people could see what I saw when I looked at me. What I saw was nothing. What I saw was a human being not worthy of life. 
and I felt like if I were outside and people were looking at me, they would think it too. And instead of giving them the satisfaction of thinking it about me too, I would just stay inside. I, I, I would, I would, I would save the, I would save the world from having to look at me and to know that I exist. I was doing my, my part to make the world a better place. And so I refused to leave the house. And so my grandmother, she began going grocery shopping alone. And every time she would go, she would knock on my bedroom door and I would hand her a written out list of the things that I wanted and I would give it to her and she would go and she would do the shopping for both of us. I didn't leave the house, but I, I mostly, and this is why I'm, I'm saying I was pretty much agoraphobic. I didn't even leave my room. And it was so funny because my siblings would come through the house. I have two older sisters. My siblings would come through the house. I, I have a few other siblings as well, but the ones who would usually come by the house most often are my two older sisters. They would come through the house and they would talk to my grandmother who would usually sit in the living room. And then they would come back to back down the hall towards my room and knock on the door. And they pick their head in and wave at me and say hi to me and then go on their way. But it got to a point where I'm not even sure they realized it. I'll put it like this. I'm not even sure that they realized that they realized it. But they began calling my room the cave. Because every time they would come over, I would always be in my room. I would never be in any of the common areas in the rest of the house. I would always be in my room with the lights off, just dwelling in my pit of darkness. And I'm sure they had no idea why every time they came through the house, I was always in my room in complete darkness, binge watching and, and anything that I could find on the internet with food, with chip bags and food wrappers everywhere strewn about and, and clothes and, and all kinds of different items strewn about my room and the floor and everywhere I was because I, I, I wasn't leaving my room I was I was literally inside my own little cave refusing to interact with the outside world except via the internet because what what do lonely girls do what do lonely insecure girls do when they don't leave the house they don't get out much they don't really have any friends they make internet friends because you know a lot, of, a lot of the time, internet friends are more forgiving. They're more accepting than the outside world. And I'll go a little bit deeper into that on a different episode because it, it also leads to other parts of my story. But in, in order to make this 25-minute now podcast a little bit shorter, I'm going to say that for a different episode. But you get the picture I'm painting. When I, when I truly let go of my faith and, and stepped away from God, I was truly alone in every aspect for a very long time. And then it got to a point where, because, and this is the thing about God, God will bless you and God will, God will find, and this, and I'm saying this is the crazy part because like I keep saying, I grew up in the church and I've heard those sayings a million times before, ask and you shall receive. God works in mysterious ways. He comes when you want him. He may not come when you want him, but he comes right on time. These things are true. And I said this in the last podcast, but now that I, I, I know the context that goes along with these things, it makes so much more sense. Because for some reason, I just couldn't shake this feeling of, I know I don't want to participate in life right now. 
I've 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 dedicated my life to not participating in life for the last year or so. I know I can do this. I know I can completely check out. I've been doing it, but I don't feel better. This isn't better than what I was doing before. As a matter of fact, this feels worse. Living this purposeless life. This is this is terrible. This does not feel good. This does not feel right. I have more to offer the world than this. I might not have much, but I got more than this. And not even knowing at the time that that was God speaking to me, I decided it was time to get a job. And the very first job I got, I was a cashier. I hated that job, but it taught me a few things. It, it, it taught me how to get acclimated to the workforce. So I'll give it that. And then I, I, I left that job for another job. And that taught me a few things. That job taught me, and in that job, I went from working at like Starbucks, and then I went to working at, a, at the casino downtown. And that forced me in a completely different role where I had to actually learn how to talk to people and, and, and make small talk and, and, and be friendly with people. And, and not that I had problems with being friendly before, but when you come from hiding yourself from the world for the last year and a half, that comes with some social awkwardness. That comes with not knowing how to interact in certain social situations. Because I had robbed myself of that. Even when I was in school, even when I was in college, I didn't really have friends. There were these two girls that I went to high school with that I knew when I saw around campus at times, but I wasn't with them all the time. And I was too scared to make other friends. because I felt like nobody liked me or wanted to be my friend. So working this casino job, it gave me the ability to talk to people, to, to, to introduce myself to strangers and to, to, to be more happy and upbeat and positive, even if I had to fake it, which mo majority of the time I was, because I would be up on the customer, I would be up on, at the customer service desk, smiling and greeting people and, and being nice and shaking hands and asking, you know, small talk questions and stuff like that. But then on my lunch breaks, I'd be in the bathroom eating my lunch and crying because I still hated life. But God wasn't done with me yet. He took me from that job and he he, he placed me because at, at that job, that's where I got the courage to get my health together. That was around the time where I was 440 pounds and I was taking about four or five insulin shots a day and being lightheaded when I stood up too fast or sat down too fast or and, and taking, taking medications for hypertension and, and and things like that. Being told by my, my, my primary, care, primary care physician that I was taking the medications and I had the health of somebody three times my age. And I decided it was time for a change. And it was at that job that, that I got the courage to go and inquire about having my, my gastric sleeve surgery, where I ended up losing about 200 pounds. Even through this, I just still, I wasn't finding, I wasn't finding, you know, I. I and this is the thing too, like life was starting to seem like it was it was on on the path to, to getting better, but that whole God thing, yeah, still wasn't all that convinced. Yeah, sure, I was out of the house now. I had a job now. I knew how to work a job now. I was losing some weight now, but this ain't have nothing to do with God. This was just me making decisions on my own. This was me doing what I needed to do in order to at least be a a, 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 a productive member of society, at least. That's how I felt. What was the point in, in giving glory to God at this point? I was doing this for myself, or so I thought. 
I began working my call center job, and that taught me how to stand up for myself. That taught me, again, coming from this rock bottom, my life has no meaning type of place. I had I had developed this this social awkwardness, but also I was at this point so afraid to even really speak on a deeper level to people because I wanted them to like me. And I didn't want to say the wrong thing and mess the, and mess up that chance. And this was the phase of my life where, and I won't even say phase because I, I, if I'm being honest, this started in maybe middle school for me, now that I think about it. But I was so obsessed with people's perception of me that I didn't have a voice. I, I, I didn't have an opinion on anything because I just didn't want to offend anybody. And that, And here's the thing about faith. You cannot have faith without having an opinion. You can't, and, and, and I'm going to try and connect these dots for you. You cannot have faith and, and not have the ability to speak up for the God that you serve. And, I, and, I, and I'm asking that you don't take this the wrong way. For the simple fact that people are going to hear this and then they're going to say, well, you know, that's that old Christian thinking. That's that traditional Christian thinking where they just always got to, you know, force God down your throat. Da, 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 da. It is not even about that, if I'm being fully honest with you. It's not about that. What I'm saying is you cannot get to the point of testimony. You cannot get to the point of understanding how to obey God and how he confirms things for you. You can't get to that point unless you are ready to make some decisions. Because this whole faith thing, it, it is a choice. It's a choice that you make. And you have to make that choice based on how you feel. And that how you feel comes from your experiences and your opinions on things. I hope, I hope I'm not losing you. But just, just follow me. Because without me learning how to advocate for myself and learning how to stand up for what I believe and how I feel, I wouldn't be able to sit here and make this podcast for you. And to let you know in full faith and, and, and full understanding that it is through God that I'm able to do this, that I'm able to have this conversation with you. Because there will be people who, who try to test my faith, who try to, to reconcile their faith with my own and try to tell me that how I believe and how I operate and how I minister and how I, I introduce people to God is, is not the correct way because I'm, I've never been to sem, uh, seminary school because I'm not somebody's bishop or somebody's reverend or somebody's preacher, because I'm not sitting here giving you a sermon. You might see it as some sort of sermon if, you, if, if, if that's how you view it, but that's not what I'm putting out there. I'm simply trying to have a conversation. And I'm hoping through this conversation that I'm trying to have with you that you get something from it. And if that happens to fall under me, un, under the, 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 the umbrella of ministering to you, then so be it. But at the end of the day, God gave me this gift and I'm going to use it. You see how that how that works? So God put me there to, 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 to help me gain this, this ability to articulate how I feel and what I believe and what I, I know to be true about the God that I serve and about, and about embracing, embracing him and this journey with him. And still, with my own ignorant audacity, I still couldn't find it to truly have faith in God. How 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 arrogant we become once we decide that God ain't 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 working on our time. But he did it for me. And it's only in this I promise you, it's only through hindsight that I understand these things now. 
and I'm and that's what I think I want people to take away from this because this podcast is getting kind of long but still this is what I want you to take from this when God starts working on you you might not even know it yet that's the beauty of it when God starts shifting things in your life you may not even realize it because you're so caught up in how you feel and you're so caught up in what you perceive to be true and what you perceive to be the reality of things you doubt that he's even working in your favor to begin with I know I did it God was literally ordering my steps right before my very eyes and I had no idea this is the stuff they don't talk about in church those moments of, of, of arrogance and those moments of misplaced anger and, 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 and confusion. Because that's what it is. It's confusion. And what I need for people to understand about it is that confusion isn't necessarily a bad thing. Because when you put in the work and you, de- and you dedicate yourself to working through the confusion and truly seeking clarity from God, he gives it to you. You just have to be willing to put in the work and obey. Because when you when you trust God enough times and you see what he does for you when you trust him, it doesn't become it's, it's not so confusing anymore. You understand how it works and your faith is restored even stronger every time because you 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 let God work for you. And you accept the fact that you might not always understand, but he's working. He's doing something on your behalf. He's ordering your steps. I said on my last podcast, even when I couldn't, I was so angry with God. He was still working for me, still blessing me, still giving me skills that have brought me to where I am today. Life is confusing, but it's supposed to be because it's within the confusion that you find the confirmation of God. But you don't find it unless you seek it. Let me say that again. You don't find it unless you seek it. And I don't mean seek it through people. I don't mean seek it through, through places. I mean seek God. Have a conversation with God. Just open your mouth and start talking. I promise you he's listening. God God is omniscient. He sees and knows and hears everything. He's hearing me speak to you right now. And he'll be listening as you listen to this playback. Go ahead. If you if you need to hit pause right now and start just start talking. Whatever it is. Whatever 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 moment or station you are at currently in your life pause pause this podcast right now and just start talking to god do it i encourage it because it was it was in that fashion where i began having great and i do mean great communication with god that's how you learn reverence that's how you learn to build that relationship you mean to tell me you can you can shoot your shot on Facebook all day, but you can't say, hey, what's up, God? You can't do that. You can you can see a, a, a pretty a pretty female on Instagram right now and slide right into her comments or her DMs and say, hey, what's up, Ma? How you doing? Or however you approach chicks these days. I don't know. I don't know. But you get what I'm saying. Or ladies, if you're the bold type and you're not like me and you, well, I, I take that back. I done got a little bit more bold, but that's neither here nor there. But what I'm saying is, ladies, you see that fine, that fine, that fine dude on Snapchat or you or or Instagram or Facebook or whatever or Twitter. If the young people use Twitter these days, I don't use my Twitter like that. But you get what I'm saying. Slide in, you can slide in, uh, slide in the DM on Twitter or something, but you can't open your mouth and just say, 
God, I come to you right now and I just, I want, I want to talk to you because this is what's going on in my life and I just need some direction. Lord God, just, just order my steps. I'm, I'm confused, God. I don't, I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to do next. What is it that you need from me? What is it that I, I've, 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 I'm missing out on or, or I'm not catching on, on or, or, or that I, I'm, I'm, I'm neglecting that you set in front of me to do first? And, and when you talk to God, be open to these possibilities because a lot of times when it comes down to it, God hasn't given us things yet because we've not done anything with what he's given us so far. There's an order to things. There's a timing for everything. Everything happens, happens in God's perfect timing. You can quote me on that. So what is it that God has put in front of you that you haven't done anything with yet? What is it that he's asked of you to let go? That you just ain't you you just ain't sure about that you've been you've been dragging your feet you know what it is because you've been thinking about it it's been on top of your mind this whole time how many times you gonna tell yourself man yeah this year this the year i'm gonna start taking care of my body i'm gonna start taking my taking care of my health i'm really get it together why you ain't did it yet maybe that's why god hasn't brought you to this next level up in your life Maybe you getting your health together is the stepping stone to you figuring out this next part of your life. And it, it might not even seem remotely related. It may not. But guess what? Get, check this out. This is, the, this is the funny part. Check this out. Let's say you getting your health together ain't got nothing to do with what God has next for you. Let's just say that. And you don't spend all this time getting your health together. How exactly is that a negative? You mean to tell me you started taking taking better care of yourself and that's a negative? I highly doubt it. You mean to tell me you stopped smoking and that was a negative? Mm, I doubt it. You mean to tell me you stopped being out here in these streets and doing stuff you know you ain't got no business doing and being around people you know you ain't got no business being around and that was a negative? I doubt it, bruh. If you're not sure what God wants from you next. I highly suggest you begin letting go of some of your vices because a lot of times that's where it starts because it's a lot of times where it's that small stuff that we just can't seem to let go that hinders us from the big stuff that's, that's, that's headed in our direction. And we so focused on the small stuff. We so hyper fixated on the small stuff. We missing all the big stuff. It's going right over our head. What I hope you take away from this episode, because I'm only getting started and I'm only cutting it short because, again, I'm going on 47 minutes now. And, and, and I'll, I'll likely post a part two because I'm not even fully finished with my journey and my story. But what I want you to take away from this podcast is this. The beginning is going to be hard and it's going to be confusing. And you're going to have to make peace with that. And I want you to make peace with that on the promise, not my promise, but God's promise, that when you let him work on your behalf and you are willing to obey and you are willing to open your heart and your ears and your eyes to what God confirms for you, stop calling it intuition. Stop calling it a good instinct. Let God work on your behalf. Let him show you what he can do for you and watch him show you what he's already been doing for you and take that a level up. All because you made the choice. All because you decided in this moment right here, right now. It's, it's this life that you gave me, that you gifted me with. 
these these experiences whether they be good or bad these 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 this trauma that i that i i, I had to go through that that I, I i've learned things from and that have sculpted me into this person take away the negatives and restore the positives within this within this trauma and and, and give that back to me lord god make me whole within this and, and give me direction help me to understand how this has made me who i am and what i'm supposed to do with this how do i make this part of the story my testimony give him that chance what do you have to lose what do you have to lose you've come this far to listen to the podcast clearly you're 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 curious so what do you have to lose it took me quite some time to figure it out to get it for it to click and it might for you and that's okay but once you get where i am and you and you understand what i understand and you start seeing the miraculous ways that god pieces things from your life together and he 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 draws this map and this 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 atlas to your life and and to the things he has in store for you and the things that he uses from your past and from your hurt and your pain and your trauma and your experiences how he uses that he interweaves it and intertwines it to create this beautiful tapestry my tapestry ain't even finished yet and i already, and it's already beautiful imagine what yours could be Look at all your hurt and pain. Look at all of it. Look at all of it. Pluck them thoughts from your brain and look at all of them. All these moments where I didn't know if I wanted to live life anymore. All these moments where I gave up. All these moments where somebody hurt me or did something to me and, and I didn't even deserve it. And, it. and it altered my life in such a way. Take all of those moments and lay them in front of God. And watch what he does, watch what he does with them. Watch him take those fragments of your life and build something beautiful from them. Because he's already started. You just have to ask him to show you how you can be a help in building the rest. How you can do your part to build the rest. Because it's so much more fun when you get to see it being built as it happens. It's so much more fun. And you find so much more respect for the process. Because God is truly an artist. God is an artiste. Imagine getting so intimate with him that you can watch him as he works. Because that's sometimes what it feels like. I got to be real with you. At least for me. That's what it feels like sometimes. That I'm watching him build something so beautiful. So filled with emotions. And so filled with moments that are so profound and so just life altering literally i don't see how i could have ever taken this for granted and i just want the same for all of you this has been one long episode almost an hour long but hopefully i've got a foundation for something here today and Next week, I, I think I'll come back in and build some more, if that's okay with you. <laughs> See you next episode, and be blessed.